The reading is uh, from Luke's Gospel, um, chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Sergey. Heavenly Father, thank you that you came to seek and save the lost. And I pray that you would find us, each one of us now, through this uh, passage. Amen. Uh, my son is, um, he, he's taken up my enjoyment of running, actually. Uh, but he's, uh, he does it slightly in a more refined way than I do. Uh, because he downloads podcasts to run to. I haven't got the ability, so I just run in silence. Uh, and one of the podcasts he really enjoys listening to is um, when they invite celebrities to uh, give their favourite ever meal. It can be a whole concoction of, th- uh, of things. You know, so a true British starter with a curry uh, followed by a West Indian dessert or whatever it may be and they they put these things together and then they discuss sometimes who they want to eat with and it's one of those questions that you can sometimes get asked if you go to someone's house for dinner who would you most like to have dinner with Uh, and of course we all think of the obvious well Jesus coming clearly is it it's probably Joe Marler you don't even know who Joe Marler is, do you? God, what are these people? He's a prop. Plays for Harlequins and England again, I'm pleased to say. You might say the Queen. You might say the Archbishop. I used to say John Sentamu quite a lot because I find him absolutely fascinating as an individual. You could say James Bond, I suppose. Fiona Bruce. I suspect. Well, maybe you wouldn't say Fiona Bruce. I might.
What I suspect no one's going to say is the homeless lady that I see on the streets in Guildford every week. Or the prostitute hanging outside the nightclub. Or the drug dealer who I know is up on the downs selling his gear. You see, in the time of Jesus, there were, as we've already said in past weeks, there were lots of rules. And a lot of those rules revolved around being clean, religiously clean, so that you could associate with each other and associate uh, with God in the temple and with the priests. And the trouble is that the less fortunate in society were probably those who were defiled. And they probably could only afford to eat the defiled food and live in the gutters. Or they may have been ill or unclean. And the rules of cleanliness kept being multiplied and multiplied. And after the exile in particular, they just went uh, out of all proportion. And Jesus challenges them. In Mark 7, he says this, You've let go of the commands of God and are holding the traditions of men. You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. So who would we invite to dinner? The PLUs? People like us. Or the people we find on the streets? Now, I spent uh, a bit of time reflecting on this uh, chapter um, a few months ago, and a little picture came to me. Can we put that drawing up on the the screen? Because this is what I sketched out. Hopefully, you can all see that reasonably clearly. It's probably clearer to those at home. And who is the person? Who is the eye behind the curtain? Any ideas at all? Which is good. Because actually it's Zacchaeus. And I will explain a little bit about why I drew that. A very long time ago, when I was probably about ten, Aldershot Town Football Club were in the FA Cup. Well, they're in it every year, they just don't get very far. Um, But this year, they had actually gone a bit further. And they were playing a first division club. Hence the football pitch there. That is a football... Oh, it's gone. That is a football pitch. It's sort of a goal hiding behind a tree. The tree is there because Aldershot Town Football Club has a ground with a tree in the corner, or at least it did have. And I couldn't see. And neither could my brother. But there was a tree in the corner. So we climbed the tree in order to see the game. Aldershot were hammered. (laughs) No surprise there either. But as I sat and reflected, I thought, do you know what? I I was keen to be there. I just wanted to see what this game was all about. I was so keen to be there, I wanted to climb the tree in order to have a view. I was desperately embarrassed. But actually, it didn't really matter because I wanted to see the game. And then in my reflection, I started thinking about Zacchaeus. 
Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He took money from his own people, the Jews, and gave it to the Romans. And he would take more than he was due because he pocketed some for himself. That was what they did. And that's the implication from this passage. So he was the lowest of the low. No one's helping him. He's in the crowd. He wants to see Jesus, but he can't. He's too small. So he's excluded. He's behind a curtain. But he's still desperate to see. He's desperate to see what Jesus is all about. But he's an outsider. He's an outcast. He's unwanted. He's unloved. He's unwelcome. And frankly, he's seen with contempt. So no one in the crowd is going to help him. And when I was at Aldershot, believe you me, everyone was fighting for themselves. Everyone wanted to see the game. They weren't going to help me. That's my fault for being small. And so was it Zacchaeus, too. And most usually when I come to this passage, I look at Jesus Christ alone. But on this occasion, I started thinking about Zacchaeus. And do you know I found a massive affinity with him? Because I want to see Jesus, yet I'm too frightened. I'm too frightened to put my hand up sometimes and say that I want to see Jesus. I want to learn about him. Because even before Jesus appears at the end of the street, so Zacchaeus is being touched. He's desperate, but he's ashamed, and he feels an outsider. And so it's just like, to me anyway, it was just like him pulling back a curtain, hoping to see Jesus, but hoping not to be seen. Yes, he was hated, he was despised, he was rejected, he was alone, but he was also probably a little afraid. And that's why I drew the curtain with Zacchaeus behind. He was separated, he wasn't part of the crowd, in a sense he wasn't welcome, but he still wanted to see. And his fear of the crowd probably meant he wanted to see without being seen. And I think there are some like that in our community as well. That think they're unwelcome and unwanted and therefore they don't reach out at all. That they look down upon, they're excluded. And actually to come to talk about God and to want to join with Jesus, you're a bit odd, aren't you? You're a bit of a crank. You need a crutch. It's nothing more than a cry for help. It says so much about you. And so we don't do it. And we stay at home. Enter Jesus. Jesus, of course, sees Zacchaeus. He speaks to him. He ushers him down. And then Jesus invites himself to eat at the house of a sinner. Not just a sinner, a tax collector. 
So what does that say about Jesus? And what does that say first about us? Who do we want to brush shoulders with? Who would we invite ourselves to a meal with? PLUs? All the down and the outs, the unwanted and the unwelcome. There are all sorts of needs in our community, even in our community in Wanish and Blackheath. Who do we want in our lives? Who will we show hospitality to? And by hospitality, I mean that in its widest sense. This isn't about just providing a hot drink and a meal. This is about sharing life, sharing our love, sharing our well-being, sharing presence, sharing time. Did you hear about a new church which grew up on the streets of Burnley? Quite recently, it's called a church on the streets. And it started as an act of love to the homeless people of Burnley. And they were offering their time, they were offering food. But those that came said, why are you doing this? Why are you loving us when the world has walked past? Because when we give of ourselves without reward, there's something attractive and enticing in that offering. And in the same way, Zacchaeus knew that Jesus was different. So these people on the streets of Burnley knew that these people were different because they gave of themselves, they gave love. And so a church grew up. So I suppose the question for us that Jesus is posing is, do we have eyes for the lost and the isolated, the poor, the hungry, whatever form in our society? Where are the people in need and are we prepared to reach out and touch them? You see, Jesus did notice Zacchaeus. Far from Zacchaeus uh, achieving anonymity, he just drew attention to himself. There were a pair of feet hanging out of a tree. Odd. So we'll get you down and we'll talk to you. So far from being on the outside of this crowd, there is Zacchaeus right in the middle. Ouch. That hurt. It hurt, but there he met the God of love. Jesus cared. Jesus cared enough to ask Zacchaeus down so that he was in the middle of the people. Jesus gave Zacchaeus a voice and a platform to use that voice. Even more than that, Jesus showed his concern that this wasn't a one-off, a quick brush with uh, the spirituality and humanity meeting. No, I, w- I want to come and eat with you. I want to share fellowship with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to be part of your life. This was an ongoing relationship. What was a place of safety for Zacchaeus became a place of opportunity for Jesus. So Jesus again turns all of those preconceived ideas. Don't associate with the unclean, the poor, and the unjust of society. No, 
forget that. I want to spend time with you because you are the people that need to change. And you are the people that need my love. Jesus just doesn't tolerate sinners. He actively seeks them out. This is outrageous. We, we lose the context of this in our time. This was putting himself in the way of religious uncleanness, un, whatever the word is. You see, if we are going to be radical in our community and make a difference, we need to challenge people's perception of the church. The church could be seen as a very comfortable place to be. But we need to be the fragrance, the light of Christ in our community. We need to be different. And that's not just the poor, that includes the well-off as well. Let's not forget them. They are just as much in need as anybody else because they think they don't need anything. Very often, anyway. But they can be just as lonely, just as ill, just as poor in spirit, just as hurting. They can have family issues. They can be in pain in just the same way. It doesn't matter what social class, what gender, what colour... Anyone seeking help needs the help of Christ. And if we're going to be a church that is seen to care, we all need to care, every single one of us. We all have an affinity with someone else. A 20-year-old probably has the greatest affinity with another 20-year-old. A 30 with a 30, 40 with 40, 60 with 60, 80 with 80, 90 with 90. That's fine. That means we're all involved. And yet at the same time, someone of 80 can share with someone of 20 and say, I remember that feeling. I know what it's like. And there is a love and a story connection there. It gives us an opportunity to be honest, to be vulnerable, to be open and to share the love of God. And our vision here should be to include everybody. Yes, using what we have and who we are, but ultimately, as the well-known phrase would suggest, the church is the one organisation designed and built for the purpose of those who don't belong to it. And here's the rub. Jesus wants every single one of us to be involved and as we grow as a church, as the, the events and facilities that we have increase, so we are going to need more and more people to take part, to get our activities up and running. So I would ask you again, what is your calling? What is your gift? What are you offering in the service of God? Some will give their time to Lots of organisations, we support footsteps here, we support tear fund and all sorts of things, and that's absolutely brilliant. Some will be a welcoming face at Toddlers, and you're there at Chatterbox on Thursday. Fantastic. Some will help out as we grow the children, uh, children's work uh, here. Others are going to provide tangible hospitality at St Martin's in Blackheath and at the Vicarage as well. We need people to come forward to pray, to lead in our services, to speak, 
in our services. To run the sound desk. More and more people. Because we're doing more and more. We need to be friends to those who want to remain unseen. Because they're not going to come to church, but we can go to them. Because they're our friends. And it's in their living room that they are going to meet God. Because they're meeting with us. That's what Jesus did. He didn't stay in one place and invite lots of people to come to him. He went all over the place. God in motion. Everywhere he went. Touching people's hearts. And that type of support comes on all sorts of different levels. And if, if coming to church is difficult, invite your friends to a small group instead. A place of support, a place of prayer, a place of encouragement. And there's no better place for them to meet God and be introduced to other uh, believers and find actually they're not odd. They're just in need. And we all see the need of love in our lives and the love that comes from Jesus Christ. But back to Jesus, just as we conclude from our passage. Because the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He was a radical. He was a reformer. Jesus was a revolutionary. The fact that something had been done in a certain way for generations was not relevant for him. Nor the reason why it should continue in that same way. In fact, the longer something had gone on, the more it was influenced by human thinking and the more likely it was that he would challenge it. And as we come out of isolation, now is a great opportunity for us to challenge what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because is God asking us and calling us to do something different? In a different way. Because people need things in a different form. But we're going to reach out to people where they are. And we'll find ourselves in a position able to offer love, offer support. And we just share with them. Share our story. What is your story? We went through that whole series about story and some of you uh, I've mentioned in sermons and given parts of your story. But if you want to share a story, please say, there's nothing more powerful than hearing that other people have felt the same as me, has suffered and experienced the same things as me. And yet God has reached down and touched them. Now, we may need to find a better way of doing that with people on our live stream service. But do use that chat box, as we've said. We may have to come back to a bit of a midweek offering as well and, and send out videos for each other for signs of encouragement. And if that's easier for you, that's what we'll do. What is important is that we follow the footsteps of Christ. And that each one of us has known what it feels like to push back the curtain and just have a little glance at what Jesus is like. 
And when we see Jesus, when we experience Jesus, our life is different. And what we thought was being uh, done from a place of safety, Jesus finds a place of opportunity and he brings us straight in. And he says, give me your life and I will turn your life upside down and you will never feel the same again and it's going to be good because we're walking a path together. And as we walk in the footsteps of Christ, we see who we should notice, we see who we should care, we see who we should welcome, we see who we should involve and bring in for ourselves into our circle of influence. Jesus Christ is looking up into the tree and he sees us and he wants us to come down and be part of his community. Community of God in Wanish and Blackheath. Let's pray. Oh Heavenly Father, you call us to yourself. Following you is not for the faint-hearted. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's demanding. But it is so fulfilling. So satisfying. And it is in you that we find our home, our purpose and our hope. So draw alongside us now, we ask. And as we come to your table of sacrifice, so help us be thankful that you have brought us here together. In your name. Amen.